This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome back to the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. My name is Sam, and I'm your host. And joining me today is Dr. Richard Blackaby. Great to be with you, Sam, as always. Uh, Richard, uh, yesterday, I think I saw that your uh, Buffalo Sabres were up. Um, well, not only were they up, they stayed up. Oh, wow. And um, they, Shock they of... won uh, two in a row. I just would like to point that oh, out. Well, an, yeah. uh, an Easter miracle. For your, <laughs> your dear, yes, and then in your honor dear of sabers. Uh, the empty tomb, that even things as hopeless as my sabers sometimes <laughs> there can... there is hope against all <laughs> odds. Uh, well, Easter has um, has just passed this, this previous weekend, and um, if you've listened to our show for uh, any any period of time, you probably know that that uh, Richard is a fan of reflections. Yeah, uh, not just his own in the mirror, but <laughs> but also. Um, uh, those times uh, of the year where it's good to just uh, look back and, and whether it's a, a holiday, it's an event, or after a significant period of time has passed. And, you know, this Easter is, is no different. And so I, I'm suspecting that um, you have some thoughts on this, this previous Easter and, and just Easter in general and uh, what that means for the believer and, and the leader. Yeah, you know, it's, I think it's something I really learned from my dad, that uh, just whatever the season was, my dad was always reflecting on it. And <clears throat> whether it was Christmas, whether it was a birthday, it was a New Year, whatever it might be, um, he'd always just want to know how God viewed that. And so I think it's not a bad uh, habit. And so, of course, we've just passed uh, Easter, just behind us, and uh, I think it doesn't hurt to look back on that. And, of course, just one very simple thing to just say is that there's something very exciting about Easter. It really is the foremost, uh, most exciting thing that Christians celebrate is the empty tomb. That's what Easter is all about. It's about an empty tomb, Christ defeated death, and so on, and and because of that, we have hope as well that uh, the end of this physical life is not our end. Uh, really, more, it just is the beginning of a glorious uh, heavenly existence. And so that's pretty exciting. And uh, there's a lot of excitement about uh, Easter. There's a lot of times there's uh, sunrise services first thing in the morning, and you're out there in the crisp morning air as yeah. the sun is coming up, and you're celebrating. Uh, the excitement of Easter, and you, you you can't help but go to an Easter service and feel uh, victorious and Joy. joyful. Yeah. It's upbeat. It's positive. Uh, and then that that Sunday passes, that weekend passes, and we're back into the grind again. And, yeah. And I would say, you know, I think that that the intent is from God certainly is that every day is an Easter existence for us. We ought to enter every day with excitement, with the -hmm. the potential. That same power of God that raised Jesus from the dead is the same power that's available to us 364 other days of the year as well. And uh, so I always always look at that and say, well, it was a great day, but shouldn't every day almost be a sunrise service of, so what does God have today by his power? Does he, what does he want to accomplish? And so uh, that's always kind of a challenge to me to say, I need to be an Easter Christian every day of the year, not just one, one day of the year. Yeah, and I think that's, um, that, that can be hard, I think, for us to, to try and do sometimes, but it is, it is a great reminder. And, you know, we should probably mention, too, that 
you know, I, I think some people online and social media are usually uh, sort of quick to point out that, you know, all these holidays were, you know, originated as, you know, pagan holidays. Yeah. And so there's a few people that, that uh, you know, just mention that if you if you make a post about Easter or Christmas. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, by the way, Richard, did you know that? Yeah, that, that this was actually an ancient pagan festival or whatever. It's yeah. that Easter is not really, there's no place that in the Bible that says it's on this date or that Christmas is on December 25th. Yeah. So what's, you know, what's your response to that? Yeah. I, you know, the, and I want to be sensitive to folks that perhaps have some really strong convictions about this, but, um, uh, it's inevitable. If I say something about the joy of Easter, for instance, when I say that, I'm not talking about a certain day of the year. I'm talking about the empty tomb. Easter represents the empty tomb. Christmas represents the incarnation of God, eternal God, condescending to come down to earth and take on human flesh. That's that's what Christmas represents. It's not about a day. It's not about a tree. It's about God intervening in our our world. And Christmas, he sort of enters our world. Easter, he he overcomes death and so on. And those are huge events. And we call them Christmas and Easter, but they represent something far more. But but there's always some folks that, uh, you know, every time I post something about Christmas or Easter, there's always someone that kind of pharisaically wants to say, well, do you know that this was a pagan festival at one point or do you know anywhere in the bible where it says that you have to you should observe easter on this date and so on and i'll just be real honest with you most of the people i sense that are doing that are kind of wanting to just prove to everybody else that they're they're the they're going to rain on the parade and let everybody else know that you shouldn't be celebrating any of these uh, christian holidays uh and uh, i would just tend to say, like Paul, without the resurrection, our our faith is in vain. Uh, mm-hmm. Easter tells us that Christianity is true, that it's uh, worth believing in. And, uh, and so, I, it, of course, the fact that Easter is celebrated, uh, it moves around. It's not on the same date. It's not like on the same day of the year. Uh, it can move even to different months uh, between March and April. And so um, everybody knows that we're not celebrating the day. We are, we are celebrating the event. Uh, right. It's not about the day. It's about an event. And uh, I think that if we, if Christians, if there's anything we should celebrate, it ought to be the resurrection yeah. because everything in our faith hinges on that. And so I think some folks just need to kind of put their self-righteous uh, pointer fingers away and just say, <laughs> you know what? Every day is a good day to celebrate uh, the, the empty tomb. And... Uh, and so I, you know, I, and the other thing I, I know that some people, and of course there's a lot of people, and unfortunately a lot of Christians that love conspiracy theories. And it's not that you shouldn't, uh, it's not that some bad things can't creep into some of those holidays. Like, uh, but I honestly, I don't know that um, the fact that there were, uh, you know, German uh, superstitious religions that used to worship uh trees and now we have them in our homes at christmas that somehow we're being taken over by paganism mm-hmm. i think uh far more likely consumerism is probably much more of a danger to christmas yeah. than a christmas tree uh in our on our property uh and also i would just say there's this sometimes a, a tremendous fear that 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 paganism or worldliness is going to hijack our faith 
but the the fact is that in lar- in a lot of ways, you know, Christianity is not a, doesn't live in fear. Christianity mm-hmm. doesn't live in fear of other religions. Christianity overcomes other religions. It it transforms other religions, and yeah. so you'd probably be hard pressed to find any day of the year that there wasn't some pagan festival somewhere worldwide. Uh, that doesn't mean because we celebrate something God did on a particular day that somehow we're being hijacked. It's just the opposite. We may be hijacking pagan days that no one has ever heard of or cares about. Yeah. But now the Christian calendar has just claimed another day to say, hey, worldwide, we're all going to celebrate the empty tomb today. Um, who cares what pagans worshipped at some point in time on this day? Uh, Christians have just captivated another day in the calendar to say one more day where we're going to focus on God. So, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be completely naive about, you know, if if an Easter bunny can hide, it's probably a little more dangerous of hijacking Easter than uh, uh, than some pagan ritual somewhere in the Middle East. Um, but at the same time, I would just say that uh, we don't need to live in fear either, and Christians. To be honest with you, uh, there's a lot. There should be a lot of joy both at Christmas and Easter, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think that it's fine for uh, Christian families to celebrate joyfully, however they feel led to, uh, and not live in fear. Like, what if we somehow were somehow supporting the work of the devil because we celebrate Easter or Christmas? Right. Um, you know, you prayerfully seek how God wants you to lead your family in that regard. But I can tell you, for the Blackaby family at least, we we celebrated all those holidays, uh, and we did it joyfully and and with lots of uh, different traditions. Um, and every one of us ended up in full-time Christian ministry, loving Jesus and yeah. serving Him with all of our hearts. And so it didn't harm our faith in any way. It actually brought a lot of joy to our faith, uh, having various... Christian traditions along the way. So, you know, I don't live in fear, and uh, there's always some that just want to be a little self-righteous and kind of, you know, cancel everybody's party because they just are smarter than everybody else to to see the the danger that no one else saw. And so I'm not a big uh, alarmist about that kind of thing. I, I think, you know, we should be careful because we can become a little too hallmarky sometimes with some of these traditions, but, uh, uh, but I think Christianity kind of trumps other pagan rituals and beliefs, and and so I'm I'm not uh, intimidated at all about what other people used to do. Yeah. I'm more excited about what God's doing today. Absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break here, and we'll wrap up when we come back. If you've ever wondered how to ask the right questions to move people onto God's agenda, then consider attending the Spiritual Leadership Coaching Workshop May 2nd through 4th in the Atlanta area. Not only is there great teaching at this workshop, but you will also be able to practice what you learn. Use code EARLYBIRD at checkout for a special discount. To find out more and to register, visit blackabycoaching.org workshop. Links will be in the show notes. Richard, now that we've kind of got the sort of the... Preamble. Preamble out of the way. Yep. Uh, we can kind of dive into some of the this this holiday holiday weekend, which is, it's obviously more than a holiday weekend uh, for believers. But um, you know, there's a significance of, of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Good Friday to to Easter Sunday. And uh, maybe if you could um, just walk us through the significance of those days and and perhaps how we should uh, view those. Uh, yeah. 
Well, Good Friday, of course, is a more somber day because it represents the day that Jesus was crucified on the cross. And in a lot of ways, I think it, all three days, I think, are important uh, for us to consider. And of course, Good Friday is a day where evil seems to triumph, where mm-hmm. hypocrisy seems to be gotten away with, where uh, chief priests and religious leaders are more concerned about uh, their power and their position than they are about truth and about God's people. Uh, it, it's about the crowds that could have been singing Hosanna uh, one day, and now they're singing Crucify Him, and just the the fickleness of crowds that yeah. they're so easily led astray. Um, and it's about a cross. A cross is something that's despised. It's despicable. It's not attractive. It's it, in many. I mean, it was an ugly, terrifying thing. Um, and and yet that that's lifted up to say, well, it's the cross is central to the Christian life. Uh, we have a lot of health and wealth kind of gospel today that talks all about our comfort and and uh, success uh, and wealth and prosperity, but. Uh, but, but that prosperity is not the, the center of the Christian faith. The cross is and mm-hmm. the empty tomb. And so uh, the cross talks about sacrifice, talks about suffering, talks about death. Um, a lot of things that, um, that the, the church sometimes, unfortunately, can steer away from. And, and it just talks, and I mean, Good Friday is kind of about Satan having his moment, you know, that seemed like the battle had swung in his favor. And 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 certainly to you know to this day there are times where we look at where evil seems to be in the ascendancy and uh, evil is we're seeing evil in the Ukraine right now we're seeing mm-hmm. evil in in various places uh, in culture today and and you know sometimes you can say well God what's happening why is evil so powerful why is it so influential and on Good Friday you would have said that you would have said why is God, why have you allowed evil to put Jesus on the cross and to kill the, the Messiah and to scatter all of Jesus' disciples? It's a, it seems like a time of defeat. And, uh, and I would say, you know, there are times in our life where it will be a Good Friday kind of day where it just seems like evil yeah. people are, are in control and they're, they're in power. Uh, and so Good Friday is one of those days it's it's good that we have those days that we have a Good Friday because we realize that's probably not going to be the last time that evil seems to be in control and in the driver's seat. But but then you have a Saturday and that's a day where the entire day Jesus remained in the tomb and that's a whole day where after a really bad Friday, uh, it just seems like time's passing and nothing is changing. It's a time of waiting. Um, and waiting is not something that's real popular to Christians or people in general. Um, yeah. And w- w- when you wait, you start to think, well, God, are you going to do anything about this? Is anything going to change? Like evil people did their worst, and now it just seems like everything's quiet. It's like, God, where are you? God, why are you not doing something about this? Those those chief priests and, and Pharisees, they... They conspired uh, to murder an innocent man, and it just it looks like they're going to get away with it. Like nothing's happening. Nobody yeah. is. There's no outcry. Uh, there's no justice. Uh, and you know there there are days where it it kind of seems like um, like a, a Saturday. Of course, for the Jews, it was their Sabbath. It was a day of rest. It was a day of 
uh, non-activity, and it's almost like God just took the day off too, and just didn't didn't do anything. And yeah, you get the sense, you know, <clears throat> when you think about this weekend, you know, the original <laughs> weekend, you get the sense that it was uh, it was probably a pretty quiet day, and yeah. uh, a lot of you know we know that the disciples were hiding, and you know, just kind of a holding your breath kind of day. Like you know, I don't even know that they were expecting anything necessarily but just sort of like okay what now like yeah just uh i think it is a it's a waiting day where it seems like evil has won where the self-righteous pharisees and high priests have been been able to manipulate the crowds to get their way and to hold on to their power and the innocent people at large are the are the victims and uh god's work is uh looks like it's been crushed and and uh, you, but of course, it's the Sabbath. It's a day of rest. It's a day of preparation. It's a day where God is preparing an incredible response that will just blow away what anybody could have imagined. And it's not far away. But and and I often think to myself, you know, on Saturday, those uh, terrified disciples might have lost all hope and been discouraged, and yet they're very, very close to the most amazing encounter with Christ that they'll ever have. Mm. And uh, it's just around the corner. And I always kind of wonder what kind of times that we might be in where we're in a hard place, a, a dark place, an evil place, and it seems as if God is, has left the field and uh, the, the, the uh, evil people are in control, and yet God would say, well, just the, wait till tomorrow. It's not, it's, yeah. we're not far away. And then, of course, you have uh, Easter Sunday, and uh, and it's early in the morning. Uh, you know, by the time I mean Mary Magdalene and some of those women, they come as well. It's still dark. I mean, they technically they weren't supposed to be traveling. It was the Sabbath wasn't over until daylight, but they kind of they cut it close. I mean, it's still dark, and so they're kind of breaking the rules. But they are eager to get to that tomb as quickly as they possibly can, and. But even when they get there as early as possible, it's already empty. And so that tells me that, that God didn't wait long. I mean, Easter Sunday, as soon as his timing was ready, he he didn't drag it out till the afternoon. If you've ever yeah. had to wait for a, a big event or a big meal and all the preparation, I mean, that says something to, to me that as soon as possible, uh, Christ was raised and early in the morning, that tomb's already empty. And uh, and even though the powers of darkness had done everything they could to keep that uh, that tomb uh, shut up and sealed and guarded and and, and kept uh, off limits, nonetheless, nothing could stop God's work from being done. And uh, and then just as that day unfolds, the growing excitement that happens is the testimonies start coming back that the tomb's empty, and then. These two on the road to Emmaus are talking about what they just uh, encountered, and and there's a lot of confusion and a lot of surprise, and uh, and which I think is kind of typical of the of the church ever since. You know, there's always been some confusion, confusion and, and surprise. different stories, different perspectives, uh, people all having their own kind of viewpoint on some things. Uh, the church being caught by surprise by what God does, and. Uh, you know, when I think of Easter, I think of words like joy, certainly. Surprise, another one, uh, the surprises of God, where he just doesn't do what we would have anticipated. Mm -hmm. And the word victory and the word hope, I think all four of those words are key words to Easter. And uh, I, 
I just feel like, um, you know, you all three of those days will be our experience. Some days, it's going to seem like evil has won; it's prevailed, mm-hmm. and uh, what you know, God, why won't you do something? And and some days will be. A, like Saturday, a day of waiting, where you're just like, God, I keep praying and praying and asking for you to intervene and and do a great work, and yet you, you don't, it's just silent. There's nothing happening. Yeah. Uh, and you, you, you could well be in a Saturday kind of uh, time frame right now. But then inevitably in the Christian life, Sunday comes, Easter comes, and there's a time where, where God, in his own timing, catches us by surprise and does a miraculous work that just blows us away. Despite all the our, our previous walk with God, we just weren't prepared for God to do something of that magnitude. Mm. And he surprises us, and there's joy, and there's victory, and you just can almost feel giddy with when you realize what God just did right in the face of evil and darkness he did another great work. And that's just the, uh, I think so much of the appeal of Easter is that even when things seem so dark, God may be preparing to do his greatest work ever. And uh, I like to just say, essentially, uh, that empty tomb, uh, Jesus basically defeated four different enemies. He defeated Satan, who was his age-old enemy. Satan, of all people, wanted to keep Jesus forever in that tomb. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus stepped out, he uh, everything that Satan had thrown against him was was proven to be futile. But he also defeated death, which was the age-old enemy of humanity. No one had ever escaped death. Uh, 100% of people had been victimized by death with no hope of life afterward. And, and Jesus walked right into death, the, the greatest enemy next perhaps to Satan, that we'd ever faced, and uh, and he blew it away. And now the worst that death can do is simply usher us right into the eternal presence of God. What mm. It used to be the worst thing imaginable. Now it ushers us into the most incredible heavenly experience that we could imagine. And then the last two things uh, as well, uh, it it also, the whole idea of, of sin. Sin had been, was defeated. Uh, on the cross and the resurrection, and that means that there is no sin that you can ever be in bondage to or face. That uh, that that the resurrection does not give you the power to overcome. That it doesn't matter how entrenched you are in sin, how habitual it's been, how bad of a past you've had. There's no sin that you can face that the resurrection is not defeated. And then finally, it's just hell, uh, uh, eternal suffering. Uh, Jesus, it says, went right to to Hades, to hell itself, and preached to people and uh, and liberated them. Uh, that that uh, the the worst punishment, the worst possible imaginable existence that people were facing, and and Christ obliterated it, destroyed it, made it um, that that eternal destiny now was radically changed for millions and millions of people. And so I I like to just say that if Jesus could defeat the four worst enemies of humanity in one weekend, (laughs) what could he do for you? Is there anything that you face in your life that is so formidable and impossible that Jesus can't also bring victory to you? If he could defeat all of those worst enemies of humanity in a weekend, I doubt there's anything you're going to bring to him with your life that he can't also give you victory in as well. Mm. 
Well, that's great. Well, uh, Richard, I appreciate you taking us uh, through this. And um, again, you know, Easter, Christmas, all these holidays are, they're great holidays. And I, I, it's, a, it's a great, you know, uh, signpost to point us back to the things that are important and the things that matter. And so uh, for our listeners, we pray that uh, you would keep Easter and its meaning uh, ever before you mm-hmm. uh, as you go into the days ahead. So until next time. Yep. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackme.org.